Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's The Strip with Walter and Bunny. Yes, it's that dynamic detective duo you know from True Vault Escapades now taking on the glitz and glamour of New Vegas. Brought to you by the A-Bomb Radio Web Station and Atomic Wolf. Today's curious adventure, The Case of the Gypsy's Curse. Late night, and a Mojave caravan spends time under a campfire-lit tent where an old gypsy woman entertains the crowd. She sits across a young merchant woman as she tells her fortune. And with the final marking on your hand, the universe's alignment tells me that it is for certain that even your second husband will die. What? That's not true. The sight tells me... He will be crushed by an invisible man only shortly after your honeymoon. Most likely by an enraged super mutant. Well, I never. It's one thing for you to tell me that my Gordon will be killed, but to tell me that the rest of my life will be miserable? I never said your life will be miserable. It's just that love won't be for you. Well, if you ask me, you're nothing but a two-faced phony. Watch your tone, young lady. The sight has shown me the timeline of your life, and there will be no deterring of it. I don't know about you, lady, but I'm in charge of my own life and how it factors. And if you ask me, you've been nothing but a leech on the side of this caravan. I told you to watch your tone, young miss. Oh, what? You put a spell on me? If I must, to teach you a lesson. (laughs) I'm sure you could. But you only know one, and that's robbing good men and women out of their money. You've just about done it to everyone in this crowd here. The sight doesn't like hecklers, young one. And I am giving you a final warning before I show you what it truly means to defy my gift. Your gift? And isn't it funny how you gave everyone else here a good prediction of life until the one girl prettier than you stepped up? And now I'm destined for a lifetime of sadness, huh? Now you've done it. You've been warned, child, and because of your actions, my powers will place you under my control, and you will rue the day you crossed me. You hear me? Rue, I say, rue! you decided to meet us in Vault 21, Miss Daisy. It's a welcome change from our shack out in the Mojave. I thought this would be a more handy location. She... she tends not to toy with me while I'm at home here. 
toy with you? Yes. She likes to prick me when I'm anywhere but my room. Thank goodness I had connections to have you both sent here. It was no trouble at all, ma'am. Well, what do you mean she likes to prick you? There's obviously a woman who's out to get you, but how can she do that when she's never here? Let me start from the beginning. I'm a regular merchant with the Crimson Caravan Company, just outside of the city limits. I regularly sell food and water, while the others put prices on guns and ammo. And, well, to just get to the point, sometime last week, we'd make regular stops for the night in the Ivan Padre Lake, where some fortune teller woman would visit us in the night and put on a show for us caravanners. You're all very brave, staying in such an infested place. Our guard boys would put down the pests and take shifts while most of us slept. But the fortune teller woman would usually claim her powers would stray the ants away from our tent. (laughs) What was this woman's name? What was she wearing? Her name's Marjorie the Gifted. Very different looking woman. Wiry red hair, bunched up in a turban cap thing. Colorful drapes over her body that dragged the ground. She had light red lipstick and some sort of carved wooden pipe that she'd smoke out of. Apparently, it gave her something called the sight. The sight? I'm guessing that's what she named her special powers. And a pipe. I hope those caravanners weren't taking her visions very seriously. Mm, Don't knock it till you see it, Walter. I saw some chem addict after a drug bust predict the Enclave's arrival back in Vault 54. What? Really? You didn't take that warning to heart? How was I supposed to know? We never communicated with the outside world until Overseer Mackenzie told me to. Besides, it was all symbolism. Large men in dark metal, glowing eyes, time of reckoning is coming. No. Yeah, but in my case, when I came for a fortune telling, she sneers at me the whole time until I'm told my man would get his head ripped off by an invisible killer. Oh, that's awful. Yep. And then she had the gall to say that my supposed second husband would die too. Whatever that means. Apparently she has my life's plans all rolled up into one. I tried calling her out in front of everybody, but then she... She put a spell on me. That's what I mean when I say she pricks me. Hmm, some sort of long-distance connectivity with your body? Sounds like something out of the books I read about ancient practices. This right here sounds like a classic case of what they used to call voodoo. And when did you realize she was toying with you, Daisy? Well, she would usually leave us to wherever she lives by morning. I went to sleep normally, though this time without a smile on my face. But waking up was a different story. I had this awful pain all throughout my arm and then in my chest. I took it for nothing at first, and it stopped eventually. But then, then it came back, and I could hear her awful laughter in my head. I, I knew it was her. It had to be. Okay, Daisy, okay. Let's just calm down and try to take our next steps carefully. Now, I was never one for superstition and snake oil, but I can tell this isn't all in your head. Oh, it's not. I tell you, it's not. And when I told my caravan, they wouldn't believe me. Be that as it may, this is still quite an unusual case. Hmm. What's your take, Bunny? 
We should wait for Daisy's husband to come on home first to make sure he's safe. Oh, no, he's not coming here. Gordon just got a job guarding Camp McCarran. He's trying to join the NCR. It's our only hope to find any money at this point. I'm sure Alice McLafferty is about to cut me loose from the Crimson Caravan Company. Gordon said he wasn't allowed to join the men in the barracks, so he stays in the El Rey Motel. Well, then it sounds like to me we need to hurry. One more thing, Daisy. Do you have any idea where Marjorie resides? It must be somewhere near the Ivan Park. That's the only place she'd stop by to see us. Write all that down, Bunny. Righto. Let's move. Oh, please. Find my man and bring him home safe. Please. Well, there's Camp McCarran. Good, then it looks like we arrived just in time. The front end of the L-Ray should be right around this corner. Oh, no. What? Wait. Why are there so many soldiers at the motel, Walter? Trouble, that's why. Oh, and look, our bestest friend happens to be here, too. What a small world. Oh, great. Let's see what's going on. Oh, no, you don't. Walter, Bunny. This is a case for none other than the new California Republic, and I won't be undermined during my own case. So, if you could just step back into your car. Greetings, Humphreys. What have we got here? Well, it looks like a nasty situation your boys are looking at. Care to ask them to move for us? Oh, no. The man who died here was an associate of the NCR, and me and my men have this situation under control. And this is just great. The man we were looking for had ties with the Army as well. He wouldn't have happened to have been a volunteer guardsman for McCarran, was he? What the? Say, how did you know that? Some lady who's being tortured by a gypsy tells us her husband's life is in danger at this very motel. And the gypsy predicted this as well. And we need to get inside before our killer strikes again. Do you mind? Gypsy? Well, what kind of convoluted scheme could this be about? Look, Walter, I know you and Bunny are doing all you can to help boost your reputation around here. But this is an obvious case for the NCR. We value volunteer work, too. So it's a little personal. No time. We need to head in there. Come on, Bunny. Wait. Oh, well, hold on for a moment. I need to... Just wait for a moment. <gasps> well, we were too late. Gordon's dead. It took me a while to stop my men from gawking at your car. But they'll be back at their regular posts about now. Now, what is this about gypsies? And what do they have to do with this case? Well, our corpse's wife believes a curse was set upon her last night. And the woman who supposedly did it predicted Gordon here would kick the bucket soon. And, well, here we are. Oh, goodness. If that's the case, then she was right. I took it that he was a chemhead when his shifts were over. Maybe he overdosed himself. Maybe that would account for all his dilated pupils. And empty syringes around here. I doubt that, Humphreys. If he were doping medics, we'd be able to see some needle markings or a tie on his arm. And I don't see either. His veins aren't bulging, and the body isn't totally stone cold. The death occurred probably very early this morning or late last night. What's that, Walter? O- on the floor around his head. Hmm. I didn't see that before. Good catch. If you ask me, these are strong signs of foaming at the mouth. He did it heavily before he died. Yep, 
There's still a hint of it left in his mouth. Then that means he had to have been using Not necessarily. Though, he definitely looks like someone under the influence. As for those discarded needles, the El Rey is very much known for its jet heads and cam addicts. Those could have been anybody's. But do you see how his body's all contracted and stiff-looking? Yes. He must have been subject to some sort of seizure in the process of... whatever was going on here. But that would also account for the foam. Hmm. He also has a very peculiar scar on his left shoulder. Didn't heal right by the looks of it. So the guy has a mighty rough night that ends up in seizure. And then he just so happens to die in a room that's full of dirty needles. But apparently he wasn't a doper. What the heck can you do to make a connection with this? And the, the gypsy woman I just now hearing about? <sighs> to be honest with you, Lieutenant, I don't know. But for now, I think Bunny and I need to make a few stops to places that can spawn more answers for us. Say, how did you get around to finding this man? He begins guard duty at seven, so when he didn't show up... Ah, I see. Well, Bunny, I think we're done here for now. Too bad we'll have to tell Daisy about her husband. <sighs> it happens far too often these days. But where shall we go? I can think of a few places. <laughs> Walter, what was that? What in the world? That must be the, the fortune-teller woman. It's... Show yourself, devil woman! Let's get out of this room, everybody. We don't know what else this dame has under her sleeve. (laughs) Oh, am I glad to be out of there, Walter. But if you say this doesn't prove that Marjorie the Gifted actually has special powers, I'm inclined to believe you went deaf when we heard her maniacally laughing back there. Oh, I heard, Bunny. But no, I'm not buying that song and dance just yet. But we heard... Bunny, all we heard was something I'm sure was just amplified somewhere to scare us. Marjorie can try all she wants to, but I'm not going to be satisfied until whoever's behind this is brought to justice. But there weren't any loudspeakers or or, or radios in that room. Not even a ham radio she could broadcast from. Calm down. We don't even know if Gordon's death was brought upon by voodoo or an unfortunate seizure. Well, in any case, Humphrey's men over at Camp McCarran will radio in once they've found anything of use. So just sit back and keep combing that blonde hair of yours. (laughs) I think magic powers aren't your only concern today. can't go out with hair like this. Ugh, it's like a constant sandstorm in these old dry lakes. Anyways, you think we'll find the old woman's home? That should be our contact up the way. Looks like we'll be getting to our destination quicker than we thought. Thank heavens for the survival of radio technology. The top of the morning to you. Hey, Matt. Nice wheels. I'm assuming you're Walter Cameron, the detective. In the glowing flesh. Good man. You're right on time. The old bat should just be getting up from a beauty rest. Just point us the right direction, partner. Sure thing. After the incentive, of course. Of course. Hey, that's better. She'll be residing in a cave just behind two boulders on the side of the dry lake. Can't miss it unless a sandstorm gets in her eyes. Thanks. And hey, just be careful and prepared. She tends to have a itchy trigger finger for casting spells and accepting donations. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up.
Keepers, Walter, this place gives me the creeps. Just stay by my side and keep your gun in your holster. The last thing we want is to threaten this woman. There's dirty water dripping from the ceiling of this place. It's so dark. Walter, I don't like it here. And neither do I, Bunny. The quicker we see this gypsy, the quicker we can get out of here. Well, I hope this is worth it. My list of do-nots is very clear about magic and rituals. We're not dealing with the graybeards here. Miss Marjorie is just a fortune teller with a few tricks up her sleeve. Don't worry, I'm sure Cass will keep the spells away. Ah! Oh, Bunny. Now why did you go and shoot? I told you not to pull your gun. Now we have bats flying everywhere. I hope I didn't catch the ear of Miss Marjorie. Walter, they're all in my hair. Hey! Ah, here, let me just... Who dares enter Marjorie, the gifted slayer? <gasps> Who dares to enter, I say? Hello? Uh, my name is Walter Camry, and I'm here with my partner, Bun. I know seen your arrival in my dreams last night, and I have a feeling you both have some questions for me. We're willing to pay you for your troubles. Hmm, good for your time, eh? Good. Please approach my hut and calm your weapons. I don't like it when you scare my bats away. They're mine. You hear me? Mine! behind your back. Should I have a reason not to trust you? Because after I noticed you'd already cut my heart out. No, ma'am. We're only here for questioning. You see, a man was found dead this morning who happened to have a marriage with a woman you put a hex on last night. Said you cursed her and harmed her from afar since then. Ah, the daisy woman. I had a feeling she would become more vocal in her punishment. Now I see she's hired two poor souls to track me down. Well, come out with it. What did she offer you? Money for my slaying? Perhaps stock in caravan funds? Miss Marjorie, all we want to know is why Daisy's husband died, and what exactly caused it. We're not part of a dirty deal. It's our jobs, and Daisy hired us. Yes. And we'd also like to know why Daisy seems to be experiencing some sort of pain when she's out of the house in Vault 21. These are the only things we know, and we want answers for both of them. Daisy already told us about the situation from last night, so I can tell you don't have the best feelings about her. Uh, I have no determination as to what the site says. What the site says goes. Daisy's burden was brought upon by me only. What happens to her husband's is purely fate alone. Try to question the sight? Try to ask why? Well, that's the biggest migraine you'd be asking for. Well, did the sight detail how Gordon died in that motel today? And Daisy tells us that you said her second husband would die from an invisible man. The sight was not very clear about her first husband's death, but I saw him clearly laying on the floor in that motel room, all crumpled up, like a spider who found water. 
her second husband's end was much more clear in the terms of why. His murder was swift, but never solved. When? Soon. Where can we find him? How do you know that she remarried so quickly? What sort of voodoo magic are you doing to harm her? Please, we'll pay anything to see her unharmed again. Too many questions. I already told you what the site told me. He will be dead within a short span. Intervening will do more than kill you. You can't stop fate. We'll just see about that. And as for the girl? Fine. I'll lift my curse. For a price. I was getting bored of her anyway. The way she would just remain in her home. How does... 300 caps sound. We'll pay it. Bonnie! Fine. 300 caps it is, then. I appreciate your cooperativeness. With this, I'll have no trouble lifting my curse from afar. Perhaps your generosity will serve as a lesson to little Miss Daisy in the future. Which I can tell it just might. Bunny. I'll draw it out of my own funds, Walter, but the last thing we need to see is a poor young woman in pain. <sighs> Fair enough. Say, what have you been using to torture the gal anyway? <gasps> that, that, that's straight out of my rituals book. So it was a voodoo doll after all. It looks just like her, doesn't it? I take pride in my knitting. But yes, these pins you see prodding within the girl are all my doing. Just a few, of course. I have many more cursed ones roaming the Mojave to only deal with one. Well, come on. Let's get rid of it. Let's say you toss it in that little campfire. If I did that, Daisy would burn in an unseen blaze. No, though I do send unwanted dolls in my fire. They can only be burned at the stroke of midnight. No more, no less. But you can count on it being done. You have my word. Fine. We'll take your word for it. But no tricks. We want that doll destroyed. Done deal. But now for my second end of the bargain. As I said before, there shall be no deviation of the site and its plans. You hear? No interjection. What already happened is a tragedy. But for your own safety... I would avoid Daisy's new husband and the Invisible Man. Because if you don't, the sight and my warnings would have meant nothing, thus proving my heeds were empty to you. So I'll take my caps and keep the doll if I have to, hmm? <laughs> Fine. You have yourself a deal, Marjorie. Just do us a favor and keep your end of the promise fulfilled as well. Because believe us... I can have an NCR squadron sent here faster than a Deathclaw on jet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
that Humphreys fellow you know had a courier send me a message about Gordon. I don't, I don't think I could cry anymore. But I could tell he left out some details. Tell me, how did he die? To be honest, miss, we're not sure. But what we do know is that Gordon passed away in some sort of convulsive matter, like a seizure or heart attack. There were no signs of foul play in the motel. That's why when we visited the gypsy... You saw her? Oh, please, have her lift this curse. I'll do anything to make this all stop. I believe her now. I really do. I never should have doubted her powers. But, but you have to do something about her, don't you, detectives? She's, she's responsible for my husband's murder, right? Well, that's the thing, Daisy. She claims that the side only laid out your husband's fate as if it were inevitable. The only intentional action would be that pain in your body, the curse that she had placed on you. Well, what did you do about that? Is it gone? She showed us a doll that she used to poke and prod at you, and she plans on destroying it at midnight. Oh, thank heavens. I, I won't cross her again. I swear it. Only if we choose not to look into your case any further. Would you like to tell us about your second husband, Daisy? That subject came up when we talked to Marjorie. Second husband? Oh, please, detective. You can't exactly believe. You just said you buy Miss Marjorie's fortunes. You can't have a selective ear to only what's happened so far. And I doubt our gypsy would have any problems predicting what goes on between you and another man. Especially when she knows one has died. What are you saying? That I've been cheating on Gordon? What an awful thing to accuse me of. Please, Daisy, just be honest with us. You know, it's not like we're some story-hungry press trying to scoop a story to Mr. New Vegas. We went out on a 300-cap limb to stop that Marjorie from hurting you. And what does it matter, anyway? You got the curse lifted. My Gordon's death was completely natural. What else could you be trying to solve here? What the heck is going to happen between your second husband and the Invisible Man is what we want to know. And this gypsy woman may have you and Bunny sold, but I'm not a sucker for magic tricks. Daisy... Have you been seeing another man behind Gordon's back? Why, I... She was right about Gordon, so she'd be right about your second lover. Now spill it. I... Hello, Daisy? Oh, who are you both? Derek, I thought you wouldn't be back from the market for another hour. Yes, I... I forgot to bring the proper amount of caps for the groceries. Daisy, who are these people? Why, they're... they're Walter and Buddy. They own the new detective agency just out of town. I was just wrapping up with them. This is about the possible murder of Daisy's recent husband, Gordon. He was apparently subject to a nasty seizure just after a prediction of his death by a fortune-telling woman last night. And there was an awfully cryptic clue about a second death taking place. Ah, I see, Len. Yes, it's unfortunate what happened. I heard. Almost immediately, Daisy sent for me to come console her. I'm glad I was in town when this terrible mess occurred. Oh, I I'm Derek, by the way. Derek, eh? And what are you to Daisy, if you don't mind me asking? I'm her friend. Closest friend. We've been looking out for each other since our meeting at the Crimson Caravan Company. Wait a moment. Derek. You wouldn't happen to be Derek Martin of the Martin Sons Brewery, now, would you? Why, yes. Yes, I am. Been in a year-long partnership with the Crimson Caravan here in Vegas. 
I suppose you've heard of my fine alcohol trade in the wasteland. Of course. You and your boys make a fine brew. What are you doing out here so close to the city? Oh, well, me and my brothers grew a little tiresome of the new Reno scene, but we didn't exactly have the means to become a standalone company out here so close to the Strip. So we cut our losses and made a partnership with the Crimson Caravan Company, who buys our stock and resells it to the Vegas establishments and casinos. Hopefully getting our name out there. Seems honest enough. I've been running errands for Daisy since she tells me leaving her home caused her pain. Uh, what was this cryptic note you spoke of earlier? Hmm. He's right about running errands for her, Walter. And also going the extra mile to link a ball and chain to his ankle. What do you mean, Bunny? Hmm. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that's a very expensive diamond sitting atop an 18-karat gold ring. Ah, yes. Found properly preserved in a pressurized case further out west. Yes, very nice. If that'll be all, detectives, I think Derek and I would like to be left alone. Thank you. No, Daisy, I think Bunny and I would like to take your friend Derek here for a little drive, actually. What the? Why? Because of a thing called murder. You feeling comfy back there, Derek? Why, um, yes, but... What is this all about, Walter? Why do I suspect that you're about to book me for a murder? Because of the strange fact that you became married to Miss Daisy almost immediately after Gordon's death. A rich man like yourself, I can see making a murder look like an accident. Murder? Me? I... I... I doubt even you would flash a mid-conditioned wedding ring around here unless you were actually married. And besides, the fortune teller lady predicted that Daisy would become remarried very soon. So please... Save us the time of acting surprised. Well, I... Uh, fine, yes. I proposed to Daisy earlier today when she asked me for a shoulder to cry on. She was extremely devastated. But I would never murder someone. As I thought it played out. Hmm. That can only conclude you two have been seeing each other for quite some time now. But hey, how did you two even meet? Obviously, at the Crimson Caravan during one of your business dealings, but she's just some traveling merchant, a dime a dozen. Yeah, you must have really fallen for this woman. Look, it's when I first moved into town and met with Alice McLafferty, I met with some of the workers and guards. And when I met Daisy, it just clicked for us. Unfortunately, she didn't tell me she was already married until only a few months ago. At this point, we were very intimate towards each other. It almost drove me away, but we were already too attached. Love at first sight, eh? Yes, very much so. Then let's get to the point, Derek. Why should we believe that you didn't kill Gordon at the L.A. Motel this morning to put an end to your secret relationship with Daisy once and for all? Or did Daisy send you herself? That's preposterous. Even growing up in New Reno, I never managed to kill anyone. And trust me, I had plenty of chances to do so. So do you think I'd waste my time and kill a man I hardly knew? You'd be dead wrong, Detective. And besides, Daisy told me Gordon worked at Camp McCarran these days. So the only opportunity this posed for me were more chances to meet with Daisy. Hmm, seems reasonable. And what the heck is this about a fortune teller lady? What is this even about? It's a long story, but the short version is to determine who here is actually murdering people, or planning to. What is that supposed to mean? And where are you taking me? Let's just say we need to find a safer place for you. 
And that place would be Camp McCarran, where more guns are on your side. Well, if you think that is best... Say, is my life in danger? Could be. You see, the gypsy we mentioned before had a strange vision that both Gordon and Daisy's second husband would die. Not that we fully buy that jibber-jabber, but it is best to get the upper hand in these situations. Uh, death? On me? Don't worry. I'm sure it's nothing, but just for your safety, our pals at the NCR should have you covered for the best overnight in the West. We'll let you know if it's safe when we get to the bottom of this case. Good. Though I don't appreciate possible murder charges, I do appreciate protection. It's almost as if... Walter, look out! Ah! Ah! What the heck did we hit? I'm not about to find out. Ah! Hey, Derek, are you crazy? Get back in the car! Walter, we have to go after him. Stay inside, Bunny. It's too late for him. Huh? You die now, human! Walter! That super mutant just took Derek's head off. That's no super mutant. Well, then what is it? It's a nightkin. A super mutant gone invisible and twice as crazy. Look, we need to act fast. Bunny, reach in the back and stock me up with the anti-material rifle. It's the best thing we can do right now until I can get the car going again. Great. I think it sees us. Is it back there? Stop moving, stupid human. I think I have it. Here, take it. Good deal. Now just roll down this window. It's coming this way. Just need to adjust the sights. Walter, just shoot it. One more adjustment. Here it comes. Gotcha. You can pick yourself up from the floor, Bunny. It's over. Are you sure? Positive. Nothing gets up from a blast that powerful to the head. Well, that's the end of that. Unfortunately, it left us with more dead creatures than alive ones. What are we going to tell Daisy now? We don't need to tell Daisy anything until we can discover why this Marjorie woman seems to be right about everything. She accurately predicted the death of Gordon and Derek. This Nightkin must have been the invisible man she spoke of. How did they even do that, Walter? Nightkin use an overabundance of stealth boys, which makes them invisible. Can hardly notice them before it's too late. But the downside on their part is that it seems to develop schizophrenia in their minds. Not a good mix. So then, this confirms that her predictions have all been fate, right? An invisible man attacks us, and Derek, Daisy's second husband, is strewn on the ground without a head on his shoulders. What do we do now? Well, I can't argue that she was right about the whole ordeal. But that still doesn't mean it was fate. Well, then what else could it be? (sighs) I don't know. You have disobeyed me. You have disobeyed me, and now the curse lives on. Shame! Shame! On each and every one of you! It's her! Come on, let's get out of here. Then after that, her voice started to amplify out of nowhere. 
We booked it here to check on Daisy's condition, since we already heard Marjorie's warnings. We took her in once the report came that screaming could be heard by her Vault 21 neighbors. Had her transferred from the city to McCarran when we got word. Good gracious. Poor girl. She looks awfully familiar, doesn't she, Walter? Good eye, Bunny. She seems to be suffering from the same condition her late first husband did. Some foam at the mouth, twitchy convulsions, all coming from an unknown source. Did your doctors and medics do everything they could? Unfortunately, yes, Walter. Every diagnostic and CAT scan we ran gave no avail. Heartbeat was fine. Breathing was a little labored. But that was obviously due to whatever pain she endured. Had to give her some sedative to calm down. And to be honest, Walter, I don't know how long she has until another spell puts her out of her misery. Uh, No pun intended. Oh, that poor thing. Forget what she said to that old cave witch. Nobody deserves this. Not over an argument. There has to be some way the gypsy can get these inquiries about where we are and what we do. It's okay, Bunny. She's just having a small muzzle spasm. Maybe we didn't put her under enough. Well, it's, it's not like I've never seen some pretty bad conditions, but... Her arm. What? Check that out. Daisy's left arm is the only part of her body moving. Oh, it's nothing to lose sleep over, Walter. It's just a spasm brought on by... Oh, yeah? Then explain to me what a hairline scar is doing on the outside of her shoulder. For goodness sakes, Walter. Roll her sleeve back down. We already saw that little thing. It's only a birthmark. Like heck it's not. Do you not see a similarity here? Who else succumbed to seizures like this and had that peculiar mark? Daisy's first husband. Well, what in the world? No! The Camp McKinnon medical staff determined that to be a simple birthmark. And you know why? The mark is flat with the skin. If that scar was anywhere to be anew, we'd at least see a wee bit of it protruding from the epidermis. But none of the sort is. Come on, Humphreys. Gordon dies from the same thing Daisy's suffering from. A similar scar on the same arm. And here we have Daisy, barely clinging on to life with the same mark on the same arm. Wait, so you're saying Gordon and Daisy had the same birthmark? Are you concluding some unholy shenanigans were going on? (sighs) No, Humphreys. I mean... Look, I think these scars have something directly involved with these untimely deaths. We need to act fast. But I don't... Golly, I think I remember Daisy complaining about pains in her arm brought on by the hex. That must be where the needle in the doll is jabbed. Bunny, scalpel. Right, Walter. What the... Absolutely not! What do you think you're doing? We need to retrieve whatever's in there before it's too late. This is a clear violation of NCR protocol. I could have you charged for tampering with evidence. An entire section of violations within our justice system. Are you listening to me at all? Keep her arm steady, Bunny. It should be just a small incision. Why, I never! That's it! I don't have to stand for this. I'm contacting Lieutenant Boyd to sort you both out. I got it. Huh? Got what? Patch her arm up, Bunny. I'm going to clean this little baby up. On it. What in Davy Jones' locker did you actually manage to pull out of that girl's skin, Walter? Because if that's not anything pertaining to this case, I'll have you both booked for offenses so severe, it'll make you curse the very day I was born. (laughs) Well, Humphreys, yet again, I get a point on the old scoreboard. This better be good. Lieutenant, what we have here is an embedded chip. Well, ain't this just a doozy? A chip on the shoulder. I guess now I owe you a Nuka-Cola for doubting you. <laughs> I'll put that on your tab, Humphreys. If newspapers were still in circulation, this would be tomorrow's headline. But what is it for? What does it do? It looks like Miss Marjorie the Gifted had a real racket after all. 
This here is the same chip they put in those slave collars for petty slavers like the Legion, except Marjorie had them removed from the collar and rewired them to shock their victims instead of explode. That explains the convulsions. Why, golly, it all makes sense. Gordon wasn't some pill popper. You were shocked to death. The foam, the stiff corpse, it all makes sense now. Now you've got it. Walter, she's breathing easy now. The wound is all patched up. That's great, Bunny. At least we can save one life out of all this. I'm going to round up a posse of able bodies and join you on the hunt. How's about you and Bunny subdue the gal? And if she tries anything fast, we'll be waiting outside. That's perfect. We'll head out to her cave now once we... What the heck? It's that chip. It's doing something. It's going to self-destruct. Chuck that thing outside. There's no time. Ah! What in blazes? Darn it. I almost forgot. That was as much of a listening device as it was a bomb. Well, that means she heard everything we said. We need to book it back to the Ivampa before she splits on us. Get the keys, Bunny. We need to step on it. I'll tell the colonel what happened to get that alarm shut off. After that, I'll get the men. Don't lose the gypsy while I'm at it. It's settled, then. Come on, Bunny. We've got a fortune to tell. Conniving investigators can't keep their minds on their own business. Oh, no, they can't. Good afternoon, madam. Huh? Happen to foresee my arrival again? You seem a little spooked. You put that gun down, detective, if you know what's good for you. Looks like you're as crafty as you are slow. The jig is up, Gypsy. You're under arrest for two counts of murder and the attempted murder of another. You can't prove a thing, detective. The sight is only a window to fate, and fate brought upon the death of Daisy's husbands. What you did conflicted with our deal, meaning you didn't honor my warnings. That was your fault. Don't try that smoke and mirrors routine on me, Marjorie. We know about the chips, and we know how you use them to hex people. Daisy told you off, and you didn't like it. So in the dead of the night, you snuck into her tent and placed that collar chip beneath her shoulder, letting you, at any time, control when she'd feel the shocks. You're in over your head. (laughs) So you have the sight all figured out then, huh? The blueprint of its source? (laughs) Well, Sonny, you have it all wrong. My magic punishments were my duty to show what denying the sight held for those who did. Daisy was to be an example to others like her. You're wrong on that one, too, Missy. Daisy's husband was supposed to die from natural causes. He died from the same treatment you gave his wife. Spill, to save your breath for the NCR. (laughs) Fine. Since you want to butt into everyone else's business, my readings have always been a bestseller for the caravans. I move where they move, no matter how dangerous the route. Most of the time, no problems. But a few hecklers here and there that wish to expose me, I'm usually able to talk them down with proper readings. Things about their past that no one else would know. But some wish to dig further and even insult me and the sight, so I punish them. But Daisy... (coughs) Daisy was part of the most recent caravan's trips. Always looking like she owned the place with her looks. 
always rolling her eyes at me when I read other boys' fortunes. So it was a jealousy thing. <laughs> that Daisy always had her nose in the air, always thought she was prettier than me. The last straw was when she mocked me like so many others. So <laughs> after I punished her, I discovered from some of the other caravaneers that she was running around behind her husband's back with a wealthy trader. <laughs> you mean Derek? <laughs> That's right. So I had my acolyte, the nightkin, track down her beloved husband and mark him for death as well. And when Derek came back to console Miss Daisy, I would likely find a perfect opening to have my knight can kill him for his riches. So it wasn't only a revenge thing. It was a money thing, too. You knew Daisy's new fling had fat pockets and wanted to collect for yourself. That's why you demanded we drop the case when we came here, to get your nightkin to kill Derek alone. Looks like it was worth breaking the promise. I don't think so. <sighs> How did you... Get your hand out of the voodoo doll drawer. We don't want you casting something other than spells here. <laughs> you had this all planned out rather nicely, cretins. Fine, then. Nothing to hide here but a few dolls. Yes, they're no use to me now, since you nor the NCR have respect for my craft. Your craft is nothing more than selling lies and even murder. Those dolls, or shall I say controllers, won't be of any use to you or anything anymore. You should check out the very back of this cave, Walter. Marjorie, the gifted, even has a wall of monitors she rigged up to keep an eye on all her victims. Ah, the old man behind the curtain bed. <laughs> How funny. Funny you should say that. She even has an old microphone set up to broadcast her voice through the chips. And that explains the rest. Maybe you should come with us, ma'am. I'll... I'll hex you! I'll place a curse upon you so painful you... You'll rue the day you crossed paths with me! Vice versa, ma'am. You're an old, mean crone who's done mean things. And believe me, when your other victims out there suddenly notice the pain stops, they'll know the world just lost another two-bit scumbag old criminal. This has been Walter and Bunny in The Strip. Be sure to tune in next time for our next episode, The Case of the Open Casket. After an entire NCR outpost is found slaughtered, Walter and Bunny team up with the army to hunt down the suspected killer, the legendary Mr. Casket. Will the duo manage to catch him again? Will Bunny be captured once more? And how did Casket escape his first sentence? Find this out and more in the next episode of The Strip. In the production you just heard, Walter Camry was impersonated by Eric Huffman. Bunny and Marjorie by Sharon Grunwald. Daisy by Dear Blaclu. Humphreys by Kankinen. And Derek by Key McKenzie. Additional voices by Sean Dawes. The Strip and True Vault Escapades are all productions brought to you by the A-Bomb Radio Web Station and Atomic Wolf. Each episode is written, directed, and produced by Preston Harden. You're listening to ABR. That's A-Bomb Radio, in case you forgot. 
Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 